The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's not another Buffalo podcast. The bi-weekly show hosted by three of the most underqualified sports personalities this side of the canal. With Pat. Well, it doesn't matter if it's the patron state of mediocrity, Ryan Tannehill, or um, Malik Willis under center. The Titans still, I think, have another good year left in them. And I think that Mike Vrabel could coach whatever South Carolina State University to, you know, an FPS national championship appearance. John. The Titans always feel like a glass house to me. For whatever reason, their record is always way better than they look playing games. Yes. And Rando. It smells like it looks like shit. Yeah, so. no, that's Mike Vrabel is Stanley Steamer carpet yeah. cleaner. Dude. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I was with the poor with the poor college football reference, man. This guy could he could, you know, he'll steam over some of the shittiest carpets you've ever seen. On Buffalo Rumblings. Alright, welcome back to Not Another Buffalo Podcast. I'm John. I'm here with the worldly Pat Cap and the smart Brando, I don't know. I couldn't come up with a better worldly adjective on the fly. And smart, Worldly and right. smart. I don't know. Brando, I could be you're, described you're as worse things. You guys are both smart and both worldly. So, you know, how, how are you guys doing? How's your week going so far? Not too bad. We're here. You guys are patient, waiting for me for a little bit. I had to, dis- had to uh, settle a dispute in um, the returns department of Walmart. So it's uh, good to be here. <laughs> for sure. <Yeah. laughs> well, can I ask you what you were trying to return, Pat? I don't, yeah, I, you, man. You said something about this before the episode, but I didn't hear what it, well, what it was you were returning. I, I'm on a medication that I always have to check my weight, right? You know, and so my old scale, what happened was it got nestled in the corner of my closet and I break it out like once a week. And the gauge had like turned so much that I was like, is this an accurate weight? There's no way I weigh 130 pounds. So then... Like, you know, I was like, well, I better get a new one. And I went to Walmart to get one and it was missing the batteries that it was supposed to come with. And it's like one of those like super unique batteries. So I was like, I don't even want to return it necessarily. Just take a battery out of the other one. Then they were like, well, I don't know if we can. And I was like, well, then just open up another one and let's see if they all don't have batteries, but got it taken care of. So <laughs> I, I should have just kept the old scale and just been content with thinking I weighed, you know, whatever I wanted to weigh, but Brando, you do uh you dealing with any Walmart returns lately or no, just, just the same old, same old. Just the car dealership taking my car, taking my money, you know, all of that. Yes. Uh, yeah. had a trip to the Thousand Islands planned, but uh the Chevy Traverse said no, it's not gonna make it that far. So uh we're in Buffalo. I got my stuff 
Diggs jersey up on the wall today. Cleaned the bathroom. You know, I had a bat come in my house, dude. That was a first. <laughs> that scared the in the middle of the day. Last night, two nights ago, it, it must have came in the hole where the air conditioner like connects to the window. Because I was sitting with Tony, and I just see his eyes dart. And next thing you know, the bat is flying circles Damn, above dude. my head. I'm like, oh my god, I've never had that happen in my living room. And then it went to my kitchen. And I like got Tony and threw him in my bedroom. And I got my hamper, and I tried to catch him. And then I hit him with a pillow. And then I got him with the golf club. Finally, yeah. So it was a battle. Um, yeah. So you ended up killing him before you uh, put him out. Was uh, he? Uh, was he? Was he a guy? Yeah, he died, man. He died in oh, here. Oh man, it was terrifying. I. Well, I he could have given know. you or Tony rabies, so you did the right thing. Yeah. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I've never experienced that. I hit him with my favorite pillow. Uh, I have a Sylvester pillow, the Looney Tune character from my uncle. Um, oh, okay. Well, if he was your favorite pillow, then it's fine. You know. No, well, I hit him with the pillow <laughs> and he like, I didn't know where he went. So it was like a home run uh, and he's like flying in circles. So it was like a boxer, like moving in and out. And I hit him. It was like a home run and he hit my wall and fell. And then I couldn't yeah. find him. And then next thing he starts crawling out and he was like pinned under my desk. And I'm like, and I just you know, golf club. No, oh, yeah. My six well, iron will never be the same, but yeah, it was well. bad. Anyways, it's a morbid, morbid start to any. Yeah, I don't know if anybody's ever had that happen to them, but uh, I hear it's a common thing. It happens regularly to people yeah. who live in the country or old houses or somebody. I've seen my attic. dad whack a couple with a tennis racket. He always had the tennis racket. Oh, I right wish here. I had my tennis racket. It's like under the desk, but like I'm not going to get under the desk when the bats like dive bombing me in here. So I was like, I my choices were limited. But. I feel you. And then you got the. The angel and the devil on your side, you're like, does it really matter? Let me just grab this small animal and then like I was not touching his teeth. I saw his teeth, dude. They're freaking huge. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It was a shock. And I've seen a lot of bats in my life. And I've watched all three Batman movies. And I get why <laughs> Christian Bale. When Christian Bale fell into the well and he's just like being swarmed by the bats, like I can see how that could have been traumatic for him to the point of becoming a superhero. So Anyways, the Bills played well. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Smooth. Yes. The no, they Bills did. crushed the Broncos with a golf club. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. they, they gave the Denver Broncos the six iron. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hard to tell because they didn't have any starters out there, but it was exciting to watch. I enjoyed it. Nothing else. Yeah our, yeah. our starting offense did to their backups what I did to the bat, basically. Yes. Yes, and what we expected them to do too, because I mean, yeah, we might be feeling a little bit uneasy if they went three and out against the the Denver Broncos backups. But yeah, I mean, Josh Allen makes a crazy play, and we're not even surprised. I mean, that's just that's just the the wondrous world we live in these days. And uh, yeah, nobody nobody got hurt, so uh, I think we're in the clear with that. Hopefully, Josh doesn't play the next preseason game. I don't know how you guys feel about that. I'm I'm sure we're all on the same page of uh, bubble wrap him up until. Uh, thursday night upcoming yes but yeah do you guys see anything else that stood out to you obviously it was kind of a uh, a no punt fest we had matt ariza winning the punt competition today with matt hawk being cut as well as um Tavon Tavon austin. austin so uh yeah i mean we kind of called that last week we thought that he was already going to be one of the odd men out so yeah maybe not necessarily i don't want to get ahead of myself with isaiah hodgins there because it depends on how many they keep but uh yeah. Do you guys see anything else that, that stuck out to you? 
Well, I yeah. felt like Reggie Gilliam too, man. That man earned his paycheck. What was I don't even know how many rushing touchdowns we had. What three or four? Um, so I don't know. It was crazy. All those goal line runs. He was you know right at the point of attack. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, but, yeah. Zach Moss looking good. Um, and then of course we had Cody Ford traded to Arizona today, which for a fifth round pick, um, which is <laughs> trending towards um, the revolving door. Bobby Hart making oh, the roster. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I don't know. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron Cromer. I thought that Aaron Cromer was probably the star of the game for me because that offensive line behind Bobby Hart and Cody Ford was getting five to six yards of carry at will, you know, against, I get it, Denver backups, but. I just think that offensive line was was really impressive and uh, much improved over what we saw last year. To go with that offensive line observations, uh, Questenberry playing right tackle seemed to be a nice fit. I like his name, too. That's a cool name. Um, but the offensive line might be the best O-line that we've had since Josh has been here, maybe. I know since Josh has been good, at least. Yeah, yeah. that first year was terrible. If you remember, just the offensive line looked like that hole in the Titanic when it hit the iceberg. Everybody just kind of floods on in. But I mean, yep. the year before we were good, but we lost, right? We lost Eric Wood and Richie Incognito and uh, Cordy, Cordy Glenn. And when we led the league in rushing with Shady, but that was a big part of something that needed to be rebuilt. And you see McDermott just funnel money into the offensive and defensive line. And we talk about drafting. We talk about these draft picks that we've used to replenish our system, but people don't, you know, we say the bill's homegrown, yada, 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 but there's a lot of free agent money in the lines. And he's always said he builds from the lines out. So you have Dion as your, as your drafter drafted homegrown star left tackle, I guess you would say, but everybody else has been kind of filled in and rotated and they might finally have the pieces to really elevate everything that we're good at already. We have fast, linemen that can get out and run on swings or quarterback powers and they can zone block too. Uh, we see OJ Howard made some nice blocks on a couple touchdown runs. Um, but you're right about Aaron Cromer's impact, seeing it pay dividends already and to see how that goes into the rest of the season will be cool. Yeah. And it's kind of hard because we are kind of chalking Cody Ford up as a loss. Like again, a fifth round pick is nice for somebody who might not make the team, but that was the second round pick that you used only a couple of years ago, I think 2019. While you did get a win, as far as we can tell, with Spencer Brown in the third round last year at right tackle, you know, he's coming back from a back injury. So I'm not sure if he was fully healthy, if it would be him or Questenberry at right tackle right now. Either way, it's working out fine. Questenberry is doing a good job. But yeah, it's been kind of hit or miss in the draft as far as line talent and offensive line talent, definitely. For McBean, like the you know, in general, but I mean, give him credit for like you said, the free agent people that they've brought in have been pretty good. Mitch Morris has been, you know, yeah, consistent. Staple. He's been a staple. Um, you know, obviously Dion on the left side was a draft pick, but they're finally getting it figured out. You know, guys like Rick Bates have come in, and Rick Bates was probably like what a sixth round pick initially or something Wait, like I that. Don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if his name is is Ryan Bates, isn't it? Ryan Bates, he goes by Rick Bates. Does he? Sometimes, yeah. Rick yeah, they Bates. call him Rick Bates. But. Does he? Yeah. He Bates? Yep. All right, but um, yeah. 
Yeah. Ryan Bates. Let's see. He was undrafted in 2019 out of Penn State. Started with the Eagles and then came on to the Buffalo Bills. He's played in 41 games and he started four. Very cool. What'd you guys yeah. think about the other side of the ball, though? Those defensive linemen, man. Speaking of guys that have come here, um, you know, especially free agents that, well, I don't, I don't even know what the term would be. It's not a, whatever, 2019 diaspora coming back. But I mean, even Shaq Lawson, that was crazy. I mean, he should have had a pick six, honestly. And Jordan Phillips again. You know, oh, he's gone. If, if he hits that ball out of the air and catches it, we got Sam Adams running down the field. <laughs> right. It's hard not to look at every position group on this team and think that it's improved over last year, except for maybe if you're talking about the corners and whether Trey White's going to be back or not. But if Trey I White think is we might have gotten better, though. Our corners might exactly. be better. Yeah, I, yeah, I if, agree. If nothing because else, because they got first team reps, too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Dane Jackson has one more year in the system with first team reps, Kyer Elam. And, and then all of a sudden, Christian Benford's in here and at worst is going to be quality depth for these guys. So yeah, Cam Lewis was Cam Lewis was out there with the starting lineup too. He did did a pretty good job. Who's the other guy? Jaquan Johnson. I, I, is there any position group that we can even make an argument that got worse over the last year? I don't think there is. And I think I have this stat here on our corners, uh, Kair Elam and Christian Benford in coverage so far this preseason by the, by lockdown bills. They posted this, uh, Elam has 41 cover snaps, uh, and his guy has been targeted five times, three catches, 30 yards. Benford, 39 coverage snaps, targeted twice, one catch for nine yards. Those are good numbers. Yeah. Those are good numbers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Small sample size, so it's, it's hard to be definitive about it. But like for what it is, that that is good. And they have played good. They've passed the eye test, too. You know, they haven't been making huge visible mistakes or anything like that which you could probably expect from rookie corners at, at some points, you know, none of them have gotten burned deep or anything like that, but that's probably more of an indication of the scheme that the the bills play, even if it's not an indication of, of their own talent. But can we go back to the offensive side of the ball for a quick second here? Um, I have the, the all 22 breakdown from uh, Jarrett Bailey posted this on Twitter of the touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. And I'm just looking at Ken Dorsey and I'm like, this is beautiful, buddy. Your Miami quarterback prowesses are coming into light. And I think it's going to be awesome for our offensive system because we played five wide on the touchdown pass and each route is leveled. And it's really cool because when I'm looking at it, I'm watching it here on my phone as I'm describing it to you. You have Gabe Davis on the far side of the field, running a post to the opposite goal line. But then on the other side, you have McKenzie. It looks like you have Diggs, and it looks like you have uh, Cooks, and it looks like you have the tight end, whoever was in for tight end on that play. They're all running leveled routes. And the one McKenzie is running, he's running a post inside of Gabe Davis to the opposite goal line. But because the safety on Denver picks up McKenzie first, it lets Gabe Davis fly to the left side of the field that's already wide open because their safety jumped to an open Isaiah McKenzie and Josh trying to buy time that extra couple of seconds that he gets when he spins the ball around. I mean, Gabe Davis is running free from like the 15 yard line and McKenzie is also open, like on about the 24 yard line. So he has the choice to to hit both guys. Um, But it's just 
who's going to beat you? Denver had to choose. Is Isaiah McKenzie going to be open to the close pylon in the end zone? Or is Gabe Davis going to get you in the far corner of the end zone? And they're both, they both have their hand up in this play. They're both wide open. Um, and the way that they, Ken Dorsey made Denver decide how they wanted to get beat. And they picked McKenzie and Gabe Davis beat him. But in theory, like the O-line held on just long enough. Josh had that special ability that he does where he turns his back to the play sets his feet and guns it down there for the touchdown. And to have all of the kids be able to see that on kids day, just everything about this play, it just oozes Super Bowl favorites right now. Yeah. And not to mention that's a vanilla play scheme too. So vanilla. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's it's that OECS mesh. Yeah. It's <laughs> exactly. mesh. It's, it's Madden. Anybody who's ever played Madden knows that's like a great play call in that yeah. game. Yeah. Of course. And even like four verticals where you got that one post route in the middle mm-hmm. where if the safety jumps on one of those vertical routes, like it's, it's the same type of concept. You get five guys downfield and there's four guys to cover them at that point. You know, you're usually getting a, getting an opening somewhere, but. Somebody's going to be one on one. Ken Dorsey's going to find ways to to diagnose the weakness of the defense, whether it's your left corner or your outside linebacker or your strong safety instead of your free safety. And he's going to find the matchup that Josh is going to exploit, whether it's Davis one day, McKenzie one day, or Diggs one day, and he's going to have a field day with this offense. It's going to be fun. A quarterback as an offensive coordinator, I feel like that's like the best combination possible. Yeah, and definitely for Josh as well, because this offense has always been tailored for Josh, at least for the last few years when it's been successful. But now it's really going to be, you know, really going to be for Josh. You know, for Josh, by Josh. (laughs) I like that. I have one prop for the season that is talking about Josh Allen that I was kind of amazed that it was it was this low. Anyway, let me know what you think. So Josh Allen, the last two years, always has about 4,500 passing yards, right? Last two years has been right Give around 4,500. Yep. And then rushing yards, he's been like six, 700. Yeah. So Josh, how, what do you think the chances are that Josh gets 5,000 passing yards plus rushing yards? Like a hundred percent, yeah, guaranteed. It's a pl- it's a plus one hundred prop on DraftKings right really? now. Really, and this was added after we did our prop episode. Yeah. So I'm like, I mean, what what is their downside to that? Except that you have to wait until the end of the season to collect your money. I mean, that that's literally the only the downside. Injury? <laughs> yeah. Injury. Yeah, that could be, yeah. that could be it. But anytime you, I mean, any future that you deal the with, the under, yeah. I saw a stat last year that they said the under for the totals hit 60 something percent of the time, even though we see these explosion in offensive numbers and that's because of injuries and you might get more yards per game, but you might not get all 17 games played uh, and you might get unlucky and have somebody right. Like we saw last season between Justin Jefferson and Jamar chase, right? Justin Jefferson set the record in 16 games Jamar Chase comes in in 17 games and sets the record by 50 yards because that extra game. Right. So the 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 numbers are going to get finicky and weird with a 17 game schedule. But the bottom line is we just got to hope for health and decent weather. I think would be a factor in that in our December games. But that's a lock, right? Yeah. That's that's a lock. Agree. Because right I mean, like even with those December games, and you got the New England win game, like all those factor into his stats from last season where he did have 4,500 yards. So. I mean, unless he just like decides not to run the ball this year, 
feel like, I mean, he could hit 5,000 yards passing just by himself. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to put that out there, but I think he, I think he could this year. Hot take. So, hot take. I think that, what would your odds be for that? Plus 300? Uh, I, him just hitting 5,000 yards on itself. I think yeah. you're right in the ballpark. Plus 250, plus 300. I, I would take that for that. But anyway, just, just a little tidbit I wanted to throw in before we get to trivia here, but. Well, it's funny because we're talking about these yards like this, Josh, 5,000 yards on, you know, no big deal. 300 yard passing games regularly, hundred yards on the ground against the dolphins at least twice a year. Um, but did you know there was a time that we didn't have a 300 yard passer for a long time. And from 2000 to 2018 until Josh Allen has been here, not 10 quarterbacks threw for 300 or more yards in a game from 2000 to 2019 we're counting the 19th season because josh allen is on this list so you have to name nine quarterbacks that threw for 300 or more yards in a game since 2000 all right well tyrod had a 300 yard yeah, game against the seahawks yes he did that one, one. i think and he had the dolphins. One. Oh, he had one against the dolphins Dolph- too. dolphins went to overtime though so he had to have overtime. all right okay, so you got so. drew bledsoe obviously fitzy drew bledsoe first on the list fitzy uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, second on the list. Oh, God. Okay, well, you got to have a J.P. Lossman game in there where he threw for 300 yards. J.P. Lossman. Well Trent Trent Edwards. No, Trent no Edwards. way Trent Edwards threw for 300 yards in a game. Pat knows. No way. Really? He enjoyed his not college one? life too much. Not no, dude. He was, Trent Edwards is the check down king, dude. There's no way. I was going to say there's no way. Um, what about like maybe Thad? No, nah, it's not Thad Lewis. Um, Kelly Holcomb, maybe. Kelly Holcomb joins the list. Um, oh my gosh. Kyle Orton. Yeah, Kyle Orton, duh. Kyle Orton duh, that's joins a good, that's the a, list. That's a good one. Kyle, for sure. You're missing three. Is is Mr. Robosack on this list? Mr. Rob, Who is Rob that? Johnson. Is he a 300 yard? Mr. Rob Johnson is on the okay, list. Okay, there you go. Going a little bit farther back. Got two more. Okay. Oh, God. Let me think here. Uh, oh God! What's his name? Not Alex Van Pelt didn't throw for three hundred yards, did he? Did he or didn't he? I mean, maybe. I, I, I don't think know. he did. He did. Right. Good job. Um, Got one left. One left. Pretty iconic name in Buffalo sports. Josh Allen. We got Josh already. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, we, we just have learned to, that you have to guess the obvious one because if you don't, you'll be sitting there for five minutes and people will scream at your phone and, and tweet at you if you don't say the obvious. Did people tweet at us? Oh yeah, all the time. That's funny. <laughs> uh, the hint that I can give you for this is the last name of this quarterback might be considered an instrument in an orchestra. Oh, Doug Flutie. Flutie? Doug Flutie. All right, yeah. Gosh, I didn't realize. Like, I didn't realize. That, I thought his last year was two thousand. Yeah, it must have been two thousand onward. Thinking. Yeah. Well, him and Rob had that last year in two thousand together, so that would be where those two come from. And then I believe Alex Van Pelt would be the year after that, and Drew Bledsoe would be the year after that. And you know, we don't have to do this in order. Yeah, yeah. Then it would be Kelly. Holcomb. There was a, the, right. the majority of these quarterbacks were pre two thousand six. Yeah. Well, it's funny because there's just such a gap. Yeah. Right? You had. Kyle Orton, and then a big gap. We had a big gap from JP Fitz, to Kyle too. Orton. Yeah. Or Fitz to, to JP to Kyle to Tyrod. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And Josh cool. Allen. And hopefully we don't need another name on this list for like 15 more years. 
We're so spoiled. I, I it really was not that long ago where we were like, what does it take to have a quarterback with a 300 yard game? Like what Literally, do we need to do? Cause Who I remember as a kid, our soul to, I remember as a know. kid, Trent Edwards would, he would barely break 200 yards. Like, and yeah, he could barely. never have that. He could never have that interception ratio. Very good. Neither could JP Lawson also was not good with the interception ratio. I remember Tyrod yeah. Taylor being pretty good with the interception ratio, but it didn't matter because he'd throw for like 180 yards a game. But yeah, and there was games where he threw for less than 60 yards. Like yeah, like the Saints game. I'm I'm trying to I've I've tried to black these out in my memory, but so anyway. I'm on a website right now. This <laughs> is SportsKing.com. Um, tough to beat the 2009 Snooze Fest. Between the Buffalo Bills and the and Browns. Cleveland Browns, it the worst six, game six of to three, all time. Six to three game. Both of these teams were really bad. Uh, they were going one in four when they met October 11th in Ralph Wilson Stadium. This article is written by Dave Manuel, by the way. Um, and in this article, <laughs> these teams are bad. Uh, Former Buffalo Bills quarterback Derek, Derek Anderson, Anderson. I was gonna. He completed one pass, right? The entire game uh, or two passes. Billy Cundiff and Ryan Lindell kicked all the points, right? Um, Derek Anderson specifically was horrific. Two for seventeen with twenty-three yards through the air. Trent Edwards sixteen for thirty-one for one hundred and fifty-two yards with an interception and two sacks. Um, they combined for twenty-two first downs total. Marshawn Lynch was the leading receiver for the Bills. Um, and <laughs> Mohamed Masakui was the leading receiver for the Browns as he caught one pass for 16 yards. Um, so Jamal Lewis, 31 carries. Icon. For 117 He was a 2,000-yard rusher at one point. So worst game of all time, Buffalo Bills, Cleveland Browns. We could have more than one Bills-Browns game probably talking True. about that. Like we have another one in the snow that was also 6-3. to three. Or eight to six. I was gonna say there was like an eight, that. yeah, because they let this yeah. they do something about like there's a safety Brian at the Mormon end of the game. Kick, yeah, Mormon kicked the ball out of the end zone on a high snap, like right away. Just a- he unplugged his mic. It'll be back. All right, well that's gonna do it for this one. You guys know where to find us on Twitter at Not Buff Podcast. Fantasy update coming your way really soon. If you haven't already got the DM, because I'll probably send it out tonight when we're recording this on Monday. Our fantasy draft is going to be when is it? Thanks, August thirtieth at August thirtieth. Yeah, in the evening. So uh, we'll send out those updates to you and get everybody signed up. So don't worry if you haven't heard yet. We uh, we've been stumbling along, planning other stuff. You don't too, play so. fantasy football until the last preseason game is done, ladies and gentlemen. That's Brandon's role. Yes. I like it. I'm also a procrastinator, so I'll go with injuries. It, yeah. No, no injuries. Yeah. Yes. All right, cool. Well, uh, we'll see you guys Friday. Go Bills. Go Bills. Really?